Driving down 405, distracted by pretty sights. Had a lot on my mind, I'd never say to you. Cause I keep it inside, my thoughts find places to hide. Take you one step at a time, I'm too much for you. I know, I don't wanna be let down. Don't wanna do something wrong. I'm begging myself, don't use someone else when the void of my doing my name is augie with vip playlist i'm here with my co-host adam and today we are joined with a spiritual pop is that what you could do <laughs> it's pop, pop um but in the realm of like i merge wellness and healing and like topics of spirituality mm-hmm. more yeah. for like mental health reasons yeah. Okay. So, cool. and the artist's name is Daisy Draper. Is that, did I pronounce that right? Is it Draper? Draper. Actually, Draper. Okay, cool. That's what I assumed, but I didn't, I don't like assuming. So, so we are going to make a Spotify playlist of some of your influences. Is there anything you want to name it? Let's name it like the, a big thing um, that I focus on just in my life and with music and different facets and modalities that have helped me in like the healing realm. Maybe we just name it healing journey because <laughs> it's definitely a journey. So yeah, that's good. I like that. That's like a good that. one. The first question we like to kind of ask is what are some artists or songs that you remember listening to when you were young? Like just maybe parents or grandparents played them for you something like that. Something that kind of really sticks out that you still enjoy kind of, flashbacking to and listening to today yeah um it's kind of funny um because I've circled back to this artist just very recently um but Jewel do you guys remember her I do oh my goodness Jewel (laughs) yeah she was actually my first concert I think I was like 11 years old she actually toured through the Midwest and there's a very small town that I'm from Elkhart, Indiana. And Mm -hmm. she actually played at one of like the theaters there. So Jewel was uh, an artist that I remember listening to because she was kind of folky singer songwriter, but Mm -hmm. she also had a pop album. And yeah, most recently I actually just saw her not too long ago. She was in, I think like Irvine. Um, I'm based out of LA. So it was a little drive. And she's honestly just so inspirational. She, I don't think many people know this, but she actually created an organization and a program that they're actually teaching kids in public school on how to regulate your emotions and and mindfulness tactics to help kids like regulate their nervous systems because Jewel was like homeless and dealt with like, I mean, obviously you would deal with extreme anxiety if you don't have a yeah. home. Yeah, but, yeah for sure. Um, so she found different techniques and practices that were beneficial for her. 
And so she teaches kids in different classrooms or different like settings. So I would say Jewel because she, I kind of forgot about her. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But now I'm like, wait a second. She is so cool and underrated. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Inspiration. <laughs> what's, what's your what's your favorite Jewel song? Honestly, I really <laughs> love her song Intuition. It's a pop song. Uh-huh. And it was, I can't, I can't remember the name of the actual album, but I think it came out in 95. And that's when I was born. She's just awesome. But her first album as well, some of those. Um, like the sister song, yeah, I think is really cool. Very like some of the things she says, I'm like, wait, she was on to something that <laughs> people weren't <laughs> yeah. at the time. Is it yeah. safe to assume that, you know, 11 year old Daisy saw that and was like, hey, this is this is pretty cool. Like, I want to do that. I think so. Maybe without yeah. without consciously recognizing of course. it. But a planet feed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, very cool. That's awesome. That's a really cool one. Can you talk to us a little bit on your journey and sort of what led you to here? You mentioned you were from Indiana. Now you're in L.A. That's a long way to go. Um, And obviously, you know, um, just a little bit of background, like basically what we do to prepare for these is we just try to find anything we can on you in a non-creepy way, right? And just try to learn about you as much as we can, you know, from afar. And so uh, I'm really interested in your story. It's very interesting. So if you can sort of paint that picture for us and and the listeners as well that may not be aware. Yeah, I can try my best to kind of paraphrase how (laughs) I've gotten to where I am. And to be completely transparent where I'm at right now, I'm even kind of on the cusp of maybe not necessarily rebranding, but expanding on some things I want to do. So we'll see where the journey goes. Cause again, it's never ending, but mm-hmm. what's brought me here now. Um, I was, I actually grew up in, so the town's Elkhart, Indiana. It's about maybe a half hour away from Notre Dame. That's usually a landmark that people recognize. Oh, um, wow. sure. So I grew up there. I mean, very small town, definitely in an interesting area where certain areas were, were um, quite like poverty level. And then obviously like the complete polar opposite in different areas. So it was interesting growing up there and kind of seeing things in like a middle-class family. And a lot of, I think my experiences led me to realizing that I wanted to kind of get out of where I was at mm-hmm. the time. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I would say my background was very up and down. There were like tumultuous periods of my life that led me to believe that I needed a way to pursue something that actually made me feel fulfilled and live in an area in which would make me feel like myself. Mm-hmm. So all that to say, I actually struggled with a lot of mental health issues, addiction, alcohol abuse. And it actually just kind of came to me one day that if I really wanted to kind of get out of where I was at, I would have to go to college. 
I, maybe I didn't actually have to do that, that, but <laughs> I felt like the right move, but I actually didn't have a way to go um, unless I wanted to be in an enormous amount of debt. So mm-hmm. yeah. I joined the military at 17. My parents actually signed a waiver so that I could join. And I was in the United States Army for about six years. Wow. Um, but it was through the National Guard. So the thing about the National Guard, which is pretty nice, is it's essentially part time. So mm-hmm. I was still able to fund my college. I mean, for the most part, there are a lot of things right. that I won't go into on that side. <laughs> That's but, okay. Um, yeah. 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 It's, it's, I was uh, in the military for a little bit as well. I was in the army reserves and it's the, those bills are like, they will do it, but there's just so many little hoops and everything. Yeah. It's such a, I never used mine just because it was, it's just such a pain in the ass to use. It's such a, <laughs> It's like, it's the number one marketing tactic that they have is that you yep. get college, but mm-hmm. that's actually not necessarily true. You get certain amounts paid for, yeah. um, but it's very, it's just an interesting process. So, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, I mean, it did pay for most of my college. So that was pretty great. And a lot of life experiences and lessons during that time for sure. It was pretty eye-opening to see things from multiple lenses. And also they both, the lenses like contradicted one another where when I was actually like present and serving and on duty, I could see ways in which people were operating from pain and psychological distress that created the foundation for things within the organization that are actually just very unhelpful and perpetuate a lot of unhelpful narratives and people. But mm-hmm. at the time, I couldn't really put that into words. And I actually didn't recognize what was happening. I was just like, oh, I don't think I fit in. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That was the way my brain could kind of like perceive things at the time. Right. But then on the other hand, you know, seeing people that don't have that experience, I also just kind of felt like, oh, well, these guys don't even, they don't even fucking know what it's like to have these thoughts of like, oh, I could deploy or my friend died or (laughs) your life's on the line um, type of existential thoughts. So it's quite interesting. And a lot of the things that you have to go through in the military, I was actually very, very fortunate to not have to deploy or see combat. Um, but just even the training and the, the psychological like trauma that that creates. Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually quite harmful. It's, it's interesting. And it really impacted me in ways that I'm still deconstructing to this day. But the one thing that it did teach me is how to, you know, survive. And so shortly after a few years into my service, I had always struggled with like an autoimmune type of illness, but I Mm -hmm. didn't have the correct diagnosis. 
a lot of like Western medicine, it's, it's a lot of like blanket terminology, which in some regard is actually quite helpful because it can give you some clarity on some direction of what you need to do. But yeah, I wasn't actually getting better and I had no answers. So shortly after I was increasingly becoming ill in like a myriad of ways, just like hormonal issues, gut dysfunction. And I mean, to the extreme, <laughs> like yeah. it's very, very painful. I kind of started to notice I had like a learning disability. I had fragmented speech, um, which actually, by the way, I'm just recovering from COVID and I'm actually feeling similar symptoms like brain. Yeah. Brain fog. Yeah. I had yeah, it yeah. I actually just had it like uh, around the 30th. So I can relate to that yeah. part. <laughs> I feel like my brain was definitely attacked. Yeah, um, it was. Uh, but so similar, like just, but I mean, some intense brain fog to where right. I couldn't really speak and just pain, just a lot of pain, a lot of fatigue, a lot of deep depression and because all of it's like holistic and interconnected. So if your body's not well, your mind won't be well, your spirit sure. won't be well. So I, I mean, I tried a lot of things and there were a lot of medications I tried. And I actually just one day was like, you know what? This actually is not working. So I kind of don't have anything to lose. I might as well go see like a natural doctor. And at the time, I mean, I smoked cigarettes. <laughs> <I'm> like, <Yeah. laughs> I would eat whatever. I mean, I was the polar opposite of the person I am today. It went me saying that I smoked cigarettes at one point. There are friends that I have that would, their jaw would drop. They'd be like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like very out of character. Um, but anyway, so I went and saw a naturopathic doctor and, and I also saw a medical doctor that was like an integrative um, okay. she like did integrative medicine, but she kind of had both sides of things, which was really helpful, like clinically and holistically. And I started to see all of these underlying issues and how all of these underlying issues were kind of contradicting the way that I was living, especially the culture in the army. Yeah. So different, like they the culture really is like going outside and smoking cigarettes and drinking yeah. monsters yeah. and whatever. <laughs> so I started to realize that everything I was doing was making me sick. And so I went through a period of like intense healing. And I think that's when I started to actually think about doing music. And so I actually, during that period of time where I was going through, I mean, just a huge identity crisis and like <laughs> massive ego death and just questioning everything and kind of like waking up to what was making me sick and making the world sick at large, I started a band and my first band was called Ocean Lux. And it really like expanded me on what it takes to pursue music in more of a like professional sense. Yeah. Uh, and it was really eye-opening and we made a lot of, I mean, in my opinion, great music. We were actually able to sign um, to like a publishing house to distribute our music. And it was a really cool experience and it gave me the foundation of like learning how to perform and how to write pop music more strategically, but also like in an expressive way. 
So all of that was kind of happening simultaneously. I was like in the army, in college, full time, working part time. I was actually like washing dishes oh, wow. for my herbs so that yeah. I could better. I mean, I definitely experienced some serious poverty during that time, which most college kids do, but sure. it's pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I actually kind of went through things with deep healing and, and a lot of this provides like the foundation of what I'm doing today and kind of the trajectory of where I'm going with music. It's mm-hmm. not just the music, which is a huge part. And so um, I don't want to like undermine sure. music, but yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm bringing to the table is more of this holistic view of like, okay, there are multiple things that help the spirit. Music is just one. So during that time, I started to get into more of the spiritual aspects to healing, but I really wanted to take like a grounded approach to things because I felt like I wanted to not be so in the clouds type of perspective. I just wanted to have a lot of modalities and tools. So it was actually really interesting to, to work with like shamans and energy workers and Reiki practitioners on top of like seeing like a medical doctor plus like a naturopathic doctor. It gave me multiple lenses in the world of healing. And eventually I started to have like a massive spiritual awakening. I don't really know what else to call it Mm -hmm. because I literally was like, I got done with college. I was approaching the end of my service and I was like, oh my God, I'm so unhappy. I'm, I'm not happy in the relationship I was in. I was in like a six year relationship. I thought I was going to marry this dude. And (laughs) I, I was like, I hate Indiana. I really don't. I mean, no offense to like actual service members, but the military is just not an organization organization for me, as well as like, I didn't want to work these shitty jobs and I wanted to actually apply my degree and it's in a creative field. So the Midwest that can be tricky. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, all right. And I, in 2019, I ended my service. And a few months after I decided to leave, I actually took a trip to LA before moving. And there were like, there was an interim of and sequence of things before this happened, but I ended my relationship. I left the band. I left my family, which actually was a very healthy decision for me to integrate my own person. Uh, And I left Indiana to let with like maybe 200 bucks to my name and a suit, two suitcases. And my friend actually contacted me and was asking me to watch their cats because they were going to like Dublin or something. And I was like, sure. Okay. And he was like, yeah, you can like live here for a month and get on your feet. So he, he wasn't even there. I was able to access his car and whatever. So it was like immediately, as soon as I got there, I actually knew a few people and I was able to meet some friends and things, but I immediately just started like applying to jobs and I knew yeah. Just needed to get <laughs> some board. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I thought at the time I was like, oh, I have a degree. It's fine. Like I've done all this work. Mm-hmm. I was in the army. Like, of course I'll be hired. And that's actually like not the case. 
Um, it is tough. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially moving halfway across the country to find a job. <laughs> yeah, and of course. Yeah. And 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 just to kind of you know take a couple of steps back, and, and then we can kind of move forward. But during that really tumultuous time of the you know dealing with your um, illness uh, and your um, you know relationship problems, you know, what was some of the, you know, music you were listening to around that time, you know, and, and did it help you? Yeah. That's a really great question because a lot of what I create today, I think is be- due to everything I was listening to during that time and all the things I really wanted to try and experiment with, but I necessarily couldn't because the decisions were not just all on me when you're in a band. It's like yeah. a two-way yeah. street. And I would say a lot of, I mean, who doesn't listen to her? Halsey. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of Halsey, a lot of Tavlo. I think she's just so cool and free-spirited. And I really enjoy her album, Ladywood. And she has a she actually has an album called Blue Lips, which is kind of funny, but it, it's really great. Um, it's like a dark pop kind of vibe. I really liked Banks. She's kind of dark pop, alt pop. One of my favorite artists is actually Ellie Golding. Yeah, um, nice. And so a lot of Ellie, a lot of old school Ellie. I do, I do enjoy her newer stuff and I can appreciate an artist that wants to evolve and try new things. Of course. Um, I think that's actually really important, but her old older stuff definitely has a place in my heart. Yeah, so in the resonance, yeah. 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 So, um, let's get a few songs from these artists. Yeah, let's go with uh, on the playlist. Uh, let's start with Halsey. For Halsey, hmm. Her newer album is actually amazing since Nine Inch Nails produced it for her. Yeah. Uh, so let's do, I mean, I really love the song, I Am Not a Woman, I'm a God. <laughs> it's very <laughs> cool. But I'll also say the, um, I'm just pulling up her album right now, just mm-hmm. the name. Easier Than Lying is really cool. Okay. We've been listening to a lot of Halsey here lately too, and it's because of Sing 2. <laughs> oh. Yeah, my daughter, she loves that song, the Could Have Been Me song. Mm. That movie, she loves that song. She's uh, great. Yeah. Tavlo, is that how you pronounce Tavlo. it? Tavlo. Tavlo. Yeah. Tavlo, I think, I mean, we probably are actually mispronouncing it, but <laughs> we'll, edit, we'll edit it later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really like her song, True Disaster. And she has another song called What the Fuck Love Is. <laughs> WTF Love Is. Yeah. Banks. Yeah. Banks. Oh, yeah, Banks. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of interesting. I haven't listened to her in years actually but at the time she was I was listening to her just what you needed huh (laughs) yeah I mean I think I just needed some like validation (laughs) she has a song um weaker girl which is pretty cool and Gemini feed all right and then Ellie Ellie Golding yeah yeah let's do Ellie we'll do like one new one old (laughs) because You she's know. still making bobs. <laughs> she she still is. It's kind of it's, it's very inspiring. I actually really do love the song "Goodness Gracious," and then there's a song on her 
well, newer album. It's called Tides. So (laughs) I wasn't listening to Tides then, but for the sake of the playlist, that's a very... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I I was in uh, Army Reserves. I don't ever really talk about it a lot, but just because it was just a weird time in my life. Totally. Yeah, I was like, uh, I left like on my 18th birthday, which is weird. <laughs> I just wanted to get the fuck out of Longview or out of Texas. And uh, so I literally, from the time I talked to a recruiter to the time that I left for basic training, it was two weeks. And it's because like, I knew that if I didn't fucking go, then I was going to talk yeah. myself out of it which I probably should have, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't feel that. Um, but you know, it was, it was definitely a time. I think meeting people from all sorts of different backgrounds was really cool. Um, like you said, just getting everybody's perspective and it's cool. Cause you know, you, you have kids from like New York, you have kids from, you know, I was from Texas or just everywhere, California, just everywhere. That was really yeah. cool. But what's interesting is like, I have narcolepsy. I didn't find out I had narcolepsy until after basic training mm-hmm. and like and now i realize i was like god like no wonder i struggled so much <laughs> but like wow. it's, it's funny because uh, like i also deal with like anxiety and all that kind of stuff and the one thing that i learned during like basic training and i and i it may not be like it's kind of like a weird like uh neutral way of looking at everything and it's basically like Whenever you're going through something like, cause you know how you would get like in trouble and then like everybody would have to work out for like hours. Right. And it never fucking felt like it was going to end. Right. You were just like, God, this eight pound rifle is so fucking heavy right now. <laughs> uh, totally. And, uh, yeah. So one thing that I, that I like helped me through basic training was knowing that like everything comes to an end, like whether it be good or bad or whether it be the ending (laughs) that you want or whatever, like everything stops at some point. It it stops, you know, it has to. And that's like helped me through so much in my life. Like if I'm going through a bad time or whatever, like it's going, that time period is going to end. Now, whether it ends the way I want it to or not, that's not in my fucking hands. You know, like I do whatever I can do and it's going to pan out the way it pans out. But it will eventually end. Like my my tough times will end. My good times will end. Like everything will end. And that's as as like sinister and like terrible as that sounds. It's actually helped me so much through through a lot of shit. Yeah, so, you know, you mentioned something there. You you not only said the bad times, you said yeah. the good times too, which is something I think we all need to kind of realize because that seems to be when it hits the hardest when things yeah. are going really well and that ends and then you're like, yeah. Oh no. So, and then that's like the downward spiral. Right. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. It's important to, to keep that in mind. Good or bad. Yeah. So like my, uh, you know, I, I did this podcast like two years ago and then I had to, I, st- I had to put it on hiatus because like uh, everything just got really busy and uh, my mom actually caught a really bad case of COVID. She almost passed away. And she was in the hospital for like a month. And then after that, she was at home for like five months and I had to take care of her. Like every day I was, I was at her house taking care of her. And my mom, for one, she never knew that I had anxiety because I, I never really told anybody that. And, uh, but I, I just kind of deal with it. My wife knows and everything like that. Like people that I want to know, know, yeah. but like, I just deal with it silently. And so she never knew I had anxiety, but she had developed like severe anxiety because she couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, of course, mom, like, 
you're basically suffocating. Like, of course you're going to develop a, a little sense of anxiety. And I told her that I told her what I learned, uh, just like going through basic training and everything. And she, you know, I, I taught her about resonance breathing, breathing as well, which I thoroughly believe in controlling your breaths. And it, she is doing so much better now. And like, I, I, I told her, you know, I was just, I told her that, you know, everything comes to an end, regardless it's, if it's the way you want it to. And she did awesome. So she pulled out, she's, she's doing good now. So she's, it was, it was really cool to be able to tell my mom my own experience with, with what she was going through, something that I've experienced my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Or I don't want to say my whole life, but since, since I could remember. So. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's like the biggest lesson is this ultimate like acceptance. Um, I definitely struggle with the word surrender. It I'm just now getting to a point in my life where I hear that word and I don't get pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, it's very true. Just, it's not like you give up and lay over and you're like, oh, well, I guess this, this is the way life is. It's, it's actually just this acceptance of this is what's happening right now. And it's impermanent. And yeah. having like, in some ways that can feel kind of grim, but yeah. in actuality, it can bring an immense amount of peace. Yeah. yeah. Um, because then you're kind of letting go. I think anxiety, for one, I really do believe with a lot of like these mind body practices I've been doing, as well as just, um, I actually will bring it up later, but I'm looking into going into um, clinical, like mental health ca- counseling. So I've been reading a lot of books on psychology and, Um, it's just very interesting, but to my understanding now it will evolve and change, but I think anxiety is just you not being present and like entertaining like narratives that you don't actually know are like true. Uh, And it kind of just builds, it's like the body wants to attack the feelings of anxiety, like the chemicals that are released um, cortisol and stress hormones and stuff, the body wants to attack it. So you kind of just like build up emotional tension in your physical body, energetically speaking, but also like chemically and hormonally. And so if you stop entertaining the mental chatter, like in your mom's case of like, I can't breathe. Oh my God. Then your mind is going to take that information and be like, what we can't breathe and like yeah. go off, <laughs> yeah. but it's yeah. kind of just you're like this is what I'm experiencing right now, and it's it is an impermanent experience. I don't actually know the outcome, but, but if I just remain calm, chances are my experience is going to be more pleasant. But maybe the outcome will as well. And even if it's not, at least I'll be calm and collected in the process. I, yeah. I mean, I would rather be at peace with discomfort and uh, challenging situations and things than the hot mess. Yeah, absolutely. Like, well, that does nothing, but like when you, when you freak out, it just, it raises your heart rate. It raises your blood pressure. It raises everything. And it just makes everything so much worse. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I've, I've learned about resonance breathing a long time ago. I didn't know what it was called a long time ago, but I always like every time I I I, I feel like anxiety or, or just like freaking out. Like there was one time I got I got hospitalized. Um, 
I almost died and I had a, my tonsils removed and they nicked my artery and it was bleeding really bad. And like, I guess my blood pressure showed that I was about to go into shock. I don't know. But the nurse, I was feeling fine. I felt, I felt great. I was just like bleeding, like literally just <laughs> bleeding out. And the nurse was like, well, you're about to go into shock. And I was like, no, nah, what are you telling me? I feel fine. And then as soon as she said that, like, I just like immediate cold sweats. And I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so I just like laid my head back. And then the only thing I focused on from that point forward was breathing. There was so mm-hmm. much fucking commotion. There was like five nurses around everything. And the only thing I focused on was just breathing because I knew that like that was the only thing that was going to help me in that time even if it didn't like i had that that feeling that that was it like so i've been doing it for a long time and uh, resonance breathing is something that i thoroughly enjoy like it's it's helped me so much through through so much so yeah no that's wow that's insane and what a like what a gateway in the like breath work (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah, it was Uh, crazy time (laughs) Wow. I mean, it kind of wrap it all together and circle it back. The military does like kind of teach you those things. You you do those things, but you don't realize you're doing them. And then later in life, you're like, oh, this is actually like an ancient healing. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. My, my, <laughs> so basically it's like what, like 10 weeks, something like that. And when you're working out at any moment, the drill sergeants will yell drink water. And then you have to like repeat it back, drink water and you drink out of your canteen, right? So that is like ingrained in my fucking brain. And every time anybody says drink water, immediate cadence goes off in my head. And I'm like, drink water, but I don't say it out loud. I just say it in my fucking head. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's that's interesting. I wonder what other like subtleties there are. They just like pound that in your head, like because you you're doing a lot of strenuous activity, a lot of physical physical activity, walking everywhere, and so they want you to stay hydrated, and they literally ingrain that shit in my head. So, wow, yeah. But anyways, sorry. (laughs) No, it's very interesting how it shapes you as a person, and I think a lot of that experience, because it was so like contradictory to healing in itself yeah it really taught me a lot about like authenticity and staying true to myself even when that wasn't the group think and I think that helped a lot with coming to where I am now um, musically and just like the way that I've combined things like that's not the group think in music mm-hmm. I don't yeah. see it to be I actually the lot lot of the narratives I've heard are, you know, you need to just one thing, hyper-focus and just do that. And I actually think that just contradicts like humanity um, (laughs) right? in itself. So it's interesting, but yeah, I, oh, I guess to kind of come back to the story and then we can kind of, yeah, yeah, absolutely. When I arrived to LA, a lot of those like teachings and experiences from like the army and healing and what have you, the impermanence of life talk about impermanence. I was actually homeless for about six months. So maybe that's why I resonate with jewel now. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, fortunately I wasn't like on the actual streets. There were many times where I was very close to that, 
but I was just like sleeping on people's floors and bunk beds and things. But eventually things actually worked out and I ended up getting a job and immediately was able to get an apartment. And it was quite the experience and quite the time. But I mean, I mean, that wasn't even that was just like a scratch of the surface of all these other things that have evolved to get me to where I am now. But I but a lot of that experience taught me like, oh, oh, things are like on its way. And as I make decisions intentionally, I'll probably just inevitably come across people that I should be coming across. Mm -hmm. Um, And so through those experiences, I was able to meet like my producer and a lot of really amazing friends that have like helped me with a lot of like musical projects and um, different songwriters and but it's definitely quite the journey. I mean, coming from the Midwest and transitioning to LA life, it's quite different. People here are pretty superficially motivated. And Mm -hmm. in some ways, I guess I am too, but like for the most part, I'm not. Um, And so it can be hard to relate and find your people. Yeah. It was an adjustment. Um, Such an adjustment. But I think with the experience of the army, like, yeah, just being from a small town, I'm like, well, this isn't any different. It's like still trying to just find my, like, I call it like my soul family. So yeah, it was an adjustment, but I think that I would say that story, that journey was really the foundation of me just being like fearless and pursuing music and just trying to build a life here. And now it's, I'm still pursuing music. It's a huge goal of mine, but the goal so much now isn't this fantasy where, and it's not necessarily a fantasy, but in my mind, it has been for so long, but it's actually been causing a lot of pain because when you think of this future outcome of like, oh, I made it, I'm going to make it. It makes you, it makes you feel like you're not really worthy until you get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and you come to a realization that there actually is no there. (laughs) Like I've been like, wait, what? So now I've just been like, I'm making music because I really like to make music. I think that there are people that need to hear the music I make and I have these goals and I'm going to try my best to reach them. But the narrative as well in LA is like, you're not anything unless you make it or, you have to like do all these things and whatever. And I think it's actually quite detrimental to our mental well-being. Mm-hmm. And I can see the way like capitalism has infected artists in a yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, man, I could go off on a tangent, but I'm just gonna make this <laughs> thing <laughs> and just say now I feel just a little bit more grounded. And my intention is to make music because I want to be at peace with my life and what happens from there, all the cool accomplishments, that's going to be cool. But I think we should pursue it because we like it and we want to be happy. Exactly. Absolutely. Do, do what you love, you know? Yeah. And speaking of when did you, you know, start messing around with singing in the first place? Oh, um, I actually have been singing forever. 
Um, I took voice lessons at like six years old, actually, which wow, is actually interesting to think about. Yeah, what brought that about? (laughs) Someone just you're gonna try out for the Mickey Mouse Club, or like (laughs) that's really young. Yeah, I don't know. I actually just kind of I like was born a musician. I just sang and wrote music and even like as a very young, young girl and I didn't have instruments. I they just be in my head. And mm-hmm. so I just went to voice. I wasn't like really into sports and whatever. Right. So yeah. my parents, I, I assume they were like, well, we need to put her in some something, yeah, some sort of <laughs> regimented uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. And as an only child, like I really needed to go do things. So yeah. Um, yeah, voice lessons at six. And then by eight years old, I was playing guitar and then, and then I was always like in choir and stuff, but I kind of put it on the back burner. I was like, I don't think this is a realistic thing I could do, which that's such a like limiting perspective, but you're the byproduct of your surroundings. So it didn't seem viable, but Yeah. yeah. So, and then when I started getting into music again, it was kind of like a learning curve for me because my voice, I kind of naturally have more of a folky tone. Like it's a lot Midwestern, of Midwestern, huh? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Just like a folky vibrato. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is, but I had to kind of learn how to go electronic with that tone. And so Ellie Golding was really like inspiring because she has a very unique like timbre. Her voice is like so different, but I think it's because she like grew up in a very small town, like in the UK or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Mine's just Indiana, but listening to her really helped me kind of form the signature sound that I wanted to have as a pop artist. And so I've kind of just developed it and gone from there. I don't really like see a voice coach or anything like that. It's just been a very organic thing. It's probably the most like organic thing. I haven't had like crazy training per se. It's just something that I naturally like intrinsically do. So yeah, the singing is really important. (laughs) Like for me as a person and it's been really cool to kind of take life experiences and merge it with pop music, which I'm still figuring that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a cool path to go on, I think. Yeah. Do you have any favorite or, or just vocalists that you admire that um, may be outside of the, the pop realm? Actually, yeah. I'm going to pull up my Spotify really quickly. You're, you, you, you're yeah. not the first one. Everyone oh, no, has to. No. <laughs> There's so um, much music now. Like, it's oh, tough yeah. To just remember, like, all the yeah. songs and stuff. It's hard because I, I mean, yeah, there are so many artists. And, like, now with TikTok, I'm finding so much to where my brain, like, <laughs> yeah. I can't even contain it. So oh, we've cool. done like 50 episodes of these. So I have like 50 playlists, all of different artists. And we, we don't stick to one genre. We've done hip hop. We've done emo. We've done pop punk, post hardcore, metalcore, literally like every genre. So it is insane the amount of 
music we intake on a weekly basis so. <laughs> we learn like five to ten new artist bands like every time we yeah do this. so it's, it's, it's pretty cool and then they're always like oh yeah go check them out dude they're dope and then yeah. they do and they usually are they end up so, being really good so yeah <laughs> that's funny i actually just had like the biggest like ping like duh like stevie nicks stevie nicks. yeah yeah He's literally yeah. like Number one, uh, <laughs> her voice is just insane. I think listening to a lot of Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks mm-hmm. really helped. I, that my parents are like, I joke, they're like stuck in the seventies, and so I don't know if Stevie was necessarily like big in the seventies. I don't know what year she was popular. I think she's just always been popular, but they would play a lot of like. <laughs> Fleetwood Mac and similar artists. Um, so Stevie, I would say her singing is incredible. Mm-hmm. Is there a favorite song you got from her? Oh yeah, uh, Gypsy. Gypsy. Well, yeah, that's Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. 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 But I mean, that's the most amazing <laughs> song. Maybe uh, <laughs> yeah. by Stevie specifically. I really, really like her song Leather and Lace. I mean, that's like an awesome one. She's got a few others. I've just got to like look on Spotify. She has so many albums. So I'm actually just not going to go through this, but she's we can do Leather and Lace. <laughs> yeah, I would say Stevie for sure. She's, she's incredible. So how has music helped you in your like spirit, contributed to your spiritual growth and everything like that? Has it helped? I definitely think so. And I'm still figuring that out, like the connection between so many things. The process of writing after experiencing something, like whether it be beautiful or not so much, the like cathartic release that brings and like insights and even peace with certain things. It's like, you know, when you go through something, And you just, well, maybe you do or you don't, but as an artist, you go through something and most oftentimes you write about it and all the things that you have in your journal or some things you've written or whatever, usually you can take a few things from that and you're like, holy shit, that's actually pretty cool. And you can kind of turn it into something. And then when you hear the final product or even just in the process of creating something, you start to feel a little more solace. It's like, it's like a piece of your healing journey. Yeah. And it's like a fragment and it's, and it's a little puzzle piece and it's from you. And then you can just make more and more and kind of reflect on it and it becomes a, a bigger thing. So really it just brings a lot of, I mean, you know, it's not so much this transcendental, like crazy spiritual that's not really what I get from it at all. It's just having the practice to return to and having like a skill where I can actually take my pain or insights or understanding of things and just make it something kind of, well, it's not necessarily tangible, but it's a product. It's something that I put out there, whether it, whether I do market it or maybe I just keep it to myself, whatever, but it's, it's that process of documenting healing, which yeah. I think is spiritual. 
So as a listener and not a creator of music, uh, it's it's very, so I guess it kind of works both ways as far as like creating and listening goes. So when I find an artist who has gone through similar experiences or whatever, it's it's very much helps me realize that, you know, I'm not the only one and, and it's very um, just cathartic and healing to, to me, just hearing other people go through the same things yeah like hearing like oh well it seems like that dude has an amazing life but actually he's experiencing yeah i'm experiencing and it makes you feel like wow i'm really not alone and i think we forget that all the time yeah yeah it's so just tied up and and just life in general that you forget to count that you know you're not alone (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I think we have the tendency to, at least for me, I can't speak for everyone, but when things come up like that, I kind of hermit myself. And music, I think, is like a vehicle in which people like naturally come together. Yes. Like when when there's a concert and like thousands of people are screaming that song it's because (laughs) thousands of those people felt that so deeply in their own like way in their own interpretation of life and so all of these people coming together from one song it's really powerful I think I, I really do think music in itself is just like spiritual because of the community aspect yeah and then how that shows up for different people is, you know, how it shows up. I think that's actually been mentioned on the show a bunch. Adam, Adam's been to a lot of shows here recently, so he uh, he's had that feeling quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, just the way things are uh, sometimes, um, people, you know, always going at each other, it seems, and it seems like no one can ever do anything right, because there's always going to be that person that has something to say, but you go to a show and I like to just, obviously I'm enjoying the show, but then I, I kind of just look around and I'm like, you know, for these two, three hours, we're all here. We're all like vibing. We're all having a great time. And like this one artist or this one, you know, this live music is just bringing us all together and nothing, none other bullshit really matters right now. Like this is awesome. It's yeah. a community, like you mentioned. And uh, I love that. Yeah, it's so powerful. It's mm-hmm. like a, it's another language Indeed. that everybody speaks. So yeah. really, really cool. So I believe you have an, some upcoming like music coming out, like an EP, if I'm not mistaken. So I actually released a new single called Anxious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah we saw it that. sounds and, awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, just released that um i had to reschedule my show that i had um Mm -hmm. scheduled for the hotel cafe but i'll be playing now on october 6th at the hotel cafe in la or in hollywood to support it and i am in the process of gearing up to release many singles um sweet (laughs) no EP for this timeline, but there are lots of things like in the works, but yeah, many singles are on the way. And that's kind of what I'm going to just be focusing on is Mm -hmm. 
really just creating music that represents different facets of my healing journey. And hopefully somebody takes it and they're like, wow, I really resonate. I, I feel validated and seen in my experience. Yeah. And a lot of that's what I feel like anxious was for me. It was me overcoming like anxiety. Yeah. yeah. Funny enough, releasing that song, my the life events that followed, like really drove home the message of the song in my personal life, which is very interesting because I originally wrote that song about like my dating experience um, mm -hmm. before meeting my partner now. And I mean, that was like fucked up. <laughs> that like, whole experience of dating. And dating is, it's like, so scary. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't recommend. It's like, if you have your person, just really work it out with them because dating in 2022 <laughs> is like not it. But I, you know, I learned through those experiences that you're better for it. Sure. And I found like I that this was when I was really learning about anxious attachment styles and different like attachment styles that people can have. And so that's why I wrote the song originally about like, damn, I feel like a hot mess when I'm like meeting new, like potential romantic suitors or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, but it's evolved. It's funny because I released, when I was getting ready to release the song, I wanted to take more of this like general approach and just talk about like anxiety in general. And at the time I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I have that figured out. It's fine. And then like, I really don't. I, <laughs> a few <laughs> weeks later after like promoting the song, I was like, wait a second, I'm really struggling right now. And so not only was this release and like the promo behind it and all this stuff, like, cause during that time I actually had lost my job and just so many like crazy things happened before releasing that song. It's like where I really had to put like those teachings into practice. I'm like talking about healing anxiety at the same time of healing my <laughs> anxiety. And, you know, that's a journey, but it's, it's pretty wild how the original intent evolved into something maybe more applicable for like different people and audiences. We can all relate to feeling overwhelmed and sometimes not knowing what to do with intense emotions because honestly we've weren't built to deal with the issues we deal with in a modern society like yeah. when we had adrenaline or whatever it was usually because like a bear was running after us or something yeah <laughs> but now it's like it's because you're thinking about what your boss said or whatever we're not built to like deal with those things so I, I've tried to take this approach with this song of like, here are these practices, these mindfulness practices that I'm currently doing too. I don't have it all figured out, but mm -hmm. I'm here with you. Let's like go on this healing journey together. And so that's what anxious is all about, like healing anxious attachment, but also just like processing your emotions. Yeah. It's crazy that you said, cause I actually like, I didn't know a whole lot about like evolution <laughs> until I was older, but the craziest shit that I ever learned is that 
your body's trying to survive and it literally will not allow anything else to happen. So you you like you won't digest food, you can't heal, you can't do shit. You you're just like surviving when mm-hmm. when your adrenaline's up. It's crazy as shit. It's it's so nuts to me. Like your body just shuts down every mechanism trying to survive, which in turn can actually kill you. <laughs> it's yeah. like the weirdest shit. Like <laughs> it's insane. And I don't think a lot of people have the awareness. I think we're unaware of our like bodily mechanisms and how, and, and the things that we need to do to come back into balance are actually really quite simple. Just the concept of you breathing and like paying attention to tension in your body actually makes all of um, those like tr- survival patterns and trauma responses come to a, like a halt. Yeah. Um, you can like actually control the process of trying to survive or whatever by mindfully making the decision of like, oh, my nervous system is just like out of whack right now in the mental chatter. I can't pay attention to that because that's just like not helpful right now and will make me more stressed. So just coming back and focusing on regulating so that the rest follows as well as like equipping your body with the right things, like eating actual food and moving your body and going outside. I mean, very simple subtleties Mm -hmm. that most people aren't practicing because we're, you know, so wrapped up in the way we live. It's hard to, But these subtleties actually heal you and help you just come into balance. So it's really cool to have those realizations. And that was really the message I was trying to get across Mm -hmm. with this release in general. So that's kind of the theme of my life right now. (laughs) (laughs) Seems Um, to be. So I'm just riding the wave. (laughs) So... With that, we're going to start to wrap up a little bit. I'm going to get a couple of current artists that you enjoy, like last couple of months or so, maybe a couple albums that you enjoy, and then I'll let Adam do the the promos and stuff. Yeah, uh, I was going to ask, since we talk about releases, so what's an album that you really enjoyed that, that came out this year or one that you were like looking forward to if it hasn't come out yet? Let's see. I've been quite disconnected for some time and have just been kind of listening to the same things. But the album, If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power, was an album that I was super excited about when she started posting some teasers and things. I thought this, I actually went to go see the movie in Hollywood and she was there. She like came out into the audience. It was really funny. She just like came out and everybody was like, who is that person like standing up there, like move. And then we all realized it was her. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say this album, I have been listening to it a lot and am thinking about making, well, I've actually have some heavier songs in the queue, but thinking about even making more, but I really appreciate her just being creative and weird and just doing whatever instead of all of the pop music that it just sounds the same. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. And this opened up a lot of possibilities for artists too, to just kind of make what they actually want to make. Yeah. Uh, 
So I would say that as far as, as far as albums coming up and what I'm waiting for, I'm not really sure, but I do love the artist Aurora. And I think she might be releasing maybe an album soon because she's been releasing some singles. But I would say Aurora, if you haven't checked her out, she's very interesting. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Well, give us a song from her then. I like her song Cure For Me. And then one of my like older favorites from Aurora is Queendom instead of Kingdom. Yeah. (laughs) She's very cool. I don't know. I I just saw the, I just went to her page and like Frozen 2 soundtrack. Is she? Yeah. Okay. Wow. So it was the Frozen 2 Into the Unknown is performed by Aurora and Adina Menzel. Mm-hmm. Wow, cool. Yeah, she's she's really inspiring and watching her, I haven't seen her live yet, but watching her like live performances just even on like YouTube, it, it's so inspiring. She's yeah. just such a cool artist. I'm just always waiting for releases from her. <laughs> One last question, then I'll let Adam take a, take you to promotionals and stuff like that. But what is the last thing you listen to? The last song. This will be the last time you look at your smartphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so actually, there's this artist that honestly I'm very obsessed with and maybe is actually a little more impactful than I give them credit for in my music making process. They're called Friendship, but without the D. So it's F-R-E-N, Ship. And they have a song, I think it's called All Right. And that was the last song I listened to. They're pop, but they're not, I don't know. I feel like I've heard them before, but. They're very cool. Okay. Yeah, awesome. All right, Adam, you want to take it away? Sure. So we like to give you the opportunity to sort of self-promote, you know, give your social media handles. Uh, I know we already talked a little bit about some upcoming music, um, upcoming shows, obviously just whatever you've got going on, any last messages you want to get out to, you know, fans and potential fans. Yeah. um, So if you want to find me, you can follow me on TikTok. My handle is I am Daisy Draper, as well as Instagram. It's I am Daisy Draper. Honestly, those are the two social platforms I'm mostly on. But if you want to check out my latest single, Anxious, it's on all streaming platforms. I also have, I would say it's a pretty cool music video on YouTube. So um, if you're interested, go check that out. And um, just keep on the lookout for more releases. I have a lot in the works. And if you're in the Los Angeles area and you happen to be kind of mid-city Hollywood area, I'll be playing at the Hotel Cafe on October 6th. And yeah, if you're, again, if you're into healing, wellness, evolving, spirituality, but you also like cool modern pop music, then maybe I'll be the artist for you. <laughs> right on. And then uh, the two songs, I got anxious on there already, so. Oh, two songs from me? Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, so we normally put two songs on the playlist for from the artists we're interviewing. I put anxious as the first song on the playlist, so that's what everybody will first. Uh, what is the last song? And it's one of yours. 
Let's do Did You Think. Did You Think? Seems to be the one everybody really liked. All right. Awesome. That's, I think that's, uh, that's about it. We greatly appreciate you coming on and talking with us tonight. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you, guys. This was a lot of fun, and thanks for having me. I Absolutely. Thank you. Awesome. Have a Thank nice you. night. You too. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.